0: Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I'm a reporter with News China. With our weekly News China podcast, we aim to give insight into the trends and happenings in modern China through a historical lens. Today, we discuss how a ferocious exotic beast, lion, has become an auspicious, cute cultural icon in Asian China. We've talked about tigers. Elephants and oxen in our previous podcast, they exist not only in real life, but also in Chinese culture. There is a unique animal species, which was much more imaginary than real for ancient Chinese. They carry significant psychological codes. On the curved eaves of the buildings in the Forbidden City or Palace Museum in Beijing, there is a role of animal figurines perched in different postures. They are regarded as auspicious beasts which protect people from danger or bring good luck. Some exist only in the imagination, including dragons and a phoenix. Few people know all the names of these mythical beasts. There are 10 animal figurines on each corner of Taihe Hall or the Hall of Supreme Harmony more than any other buildings in the palace museum. Each has a purpose. For example, Xia Yu with a dragon's body and a fish tail can prevent fire, which would be devastating to the ancient imperial palace, which is built mainly from wood. A pichu artifact is often seen in houses or offices of people who want to get or keep rich. Pichu is thought to be the ninth son of the dragon it eats gold silver or other treasures and never releases them hence chinese people believe it can bring and maintain wealth the most famous auspicious beasts in ancient china are the azure dragon the white tiger the black turtles and the vermilion bird according to taoism the guard of the east the west the north and the south respectively. The phoenix, Qilin, and the pichu are also important auspicious beasts in ancient China. They all have a strange appearance, a mishmash of different animals. For example, the pichu has a dragon head, a tiger mouth and a paws, the body of a lion, stag horns, and a leopard teeth and tail. A kiln has a lion head, the body of a stag and dragon scales. How did Asian Chinese compose these strange looking animals? In some ways they look similar. Lions feature heavily in several imaginary animals. For example, as we already mentioned, a qilin has a lion's head and Pichu lion's body. Male lions have very impressive names and this is often seen on a Pichu The lion itself is one of the ten animals on the roof of Taihe Hall, and lion statues can be found in many places in China. It is interesting to track how lions, a real animal from other parts of the world, became an important component of the imaginary animals in Chinese culture. Scholars in the late 3rd century found the earliest record of lions from bamboo scrolls which tell of story from the first dynasty, the Xia, till the mid-3rd century. The scrolls were uncovered by tomb readers in late-3rd century and then were compiled and explained by scholars in the following two decades. Chen Mengjia, a prestigious Chinese scholar on ancient characters living from 1911 to 1966, thought the bamboo scrolls were as important as oracle inscriptions to research China's early history. According to the record on the bamboo scrolls, an animal called a suani could travel 500 li or 250 kilometers a day. Later, there were historical records of shi zi. Edward Hazel Schaffer, a Gassiz professor of Oriental Languages and Literature at the University of California, Berkeley, who died In 1991, at the age of 77, believed that Suani and Shizu referred to lines. The names were a transliteration of an exotic language. Professor Li Ling of Peking University thought this too. The line, whether it is called Suani or Shizu in ancient China, originally came from Africa. It tracked from Egypt into Europe and Asia Minor, from the Mediterranean and into the Iranian plateau and India. There was no human intervention in their migration. There are two subspecies of Asian lines Persian lines and Indian lines. When the Silk Road developed in the late second century, lines were imported to China through the Silk Road as a gift from other countries to Chinese emperors. They were raised in emperors' palaces. So few people could see a lion with their own eyes. Ferocious animals are revered and feared by people. This is true for both lions and tigers. Till today, the debate about which is more powerful, a lion or a tiger, attracts a lot of attention in online discussions. But it seems that in ancient China, lions were more revered and feared than tigers. In ancient China, if a lion ate a tiger, it was an auspicious sign. People's every wish would be fulfilled. Pu, one of the scholars in the late 3rd century who interpreted the earliest bamboo scrolls noted that lions can eat tigers and leopards. In reality, this is hardly possible. The chance of a lion meeting and fighting a tiger is unlikely in nature. So why did Asian people think lions were more powerful than tigers? Conflicts between humans and tigers were common in some places in ancient China. People at that time knew how ferocious tigers were. They expected that a more ferocious beast could defeat tigers and protect them. But they had little idea about how powerful lions were, as lions were kept only in imperial palaces. People could only imagine if ferocious rare beast tends to be even more revered and feared by people. As a result, the mysterious lions were so powerful in people's imagination that they could defeat and eat tigers. And as ancient people experienced tiger attacks, but not lion attacks, they felt or expected that lion, though even more powerful than tiger, would protect them, not hurt them. When lions became a magic animal which could eat tigers and bring good luck, their image changed in people's imaginations, and it evolved, so it became different from reality. Since the Wei kingdom and its successor, Western Jin dynasty, starting from the early 3rd century, artifacts of lion figures had curly manes and amusing actions. For example, in 1985, a pair of Tang dynasty three-colored pottery lions were unearthed at Qingshan temple in Shanxi province. One seems to be tickling its own lower jaw with its eyes half-closed enjoying a relaxed time. The other seems to be lowering its head to lick its rear right paw. They don't look mighty but cute. Two bronze lion figurines squat on their heels at the east gate of the Summer Palace, an imperial resort in Beijing. The male line has a ball under its front right paw, while the female line has a lion cub under its front left paw. There are hundreds of stone lion effigies with various posters on the railings of Lugo Bridge in the suburbs of Beijing. Also known as the Marco Polo Bridge, the bridge was first built in 1189, but rebuilt in 1698 during the Qing dynasty. Some lying cubs hide behind big lines and only parts of their bodies, heads or legs can be seen. This makes it very difficult to count how many lines there are. Hence, there is an old saying in Beijing which uses the Lugou bridge lines to mention something that is impossible to count. A stone tablet at the bridge carries inscriptions of the handwriting of the Qing emperor Qianlong who ruled from 1736 to 1795. The inscriptions read, Morning Moon at the Lugo. His comment made the Morning Moon at the Lugo one of the eight most famous scenic views in Beijing. It was also near the bridge in 1937 that Japan began its cross the board military operation in China, which ended up with Japan's surrender in 1945. The museum of the wall of the Chinese people's resistance against Japanese aggression is in Wanping fortress near the bridge in Beijing's southwestern district of Fengtai. So why have ferocious lions been made such a cute cultural icon in China? First, as we explained, lions are regarded as an auspicious animal that could beat tigers, with which many people had terrible encounters in ancient China. Second. There is a strong preference for a happy ending in Chinese public culture. Great tragedies in ancient Chinese literature are less written. In this cultural context, ancient Chinese expected that a new exotic animal would serve as a mascot that not only protect them from terrible things, but also bring them happiness. Now real lions in China are in zoos and those magical animals, including lions, are still in Asian readings and Chinese people's minds today. That is the end of our podcast. Thank you to our writer Zhang Yue, editor and translator Li Jia, and copy editor Kathleen Nade. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. See you next week.